Buongiorno, buon pomeriggio e buonasera, Lazio world. Welcome to our instant reaction pod. Consider this your stoppage time as we review the 6-1 loss to Fiorentina. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Was it only 2-1, Caleb? Because it certainly felt a lot worse than that. I'm your host, Sean McIntosh, joined by my co-host, Caleb Adams. Caleb, how how are you feeling after that brutal, brutal 2-1 loss? Honestly, I'm feeling pissed. I normally say disappointed. I normally say not so great. But I, I this performance, I'm pissed about it. Well, let's get into this and let's start with our review. Before we use this at a, as a as a little bit of therapy, much needed. So, you know, this one starts uh, with. A lot of question marks given the availability of players for Lazio who are either either injured or suspended. So we've got our fullback situation, Marusic on the left, Lazzari on the right once again. And we will continue to note this, but no Pellegrini, Cataldi taking the spot of an injured Rovella. Your front three, same as the match prior, which yielded results. Felipe on the left, Chido leading the line, Isaksen on the right, Zakani back in on the bench, which was at least nice to see. Gila suspended for this one, so you saw a uh, center-back combination of Romagnoli and Casale. So, you know, right off the bat, this one starts... With Lazio on their heels, really wouldn't change for much of the match, but it was a a flurry of uh, early corner kicks, which saw Provedel coming up huge, as well as our good friend, the crossbar and or post coming up big in this match. Bellotti hitting the post in the 24th minute. Uh, Provedel again coming up big. And then uh, it it really was a Lazio that um, was was seemingly lucky to escape the first half, even at nil nil, until a stoppage time uh, goal in the 46th minute by Luis Alberto allowed us to go into the half really um, opportunistic because it was a pretty undeserved lead, but a nice goal. It was great to see Luis Alberto clinical finishing his chance. But uh, going into the second half, thought maybe Lazio would uh, see some sort of a change either in mentality or tactically. But um, but really, it was much of the same going into the second half in which Fiorentina was the protagonist, just bombarding Lazio chance after chance until they finally broke us down with Cayodo scoring a little bit of an unfortunate goal, you could say. Uh, Casale makes a, a nice slide tackle, a bit of a, a deflection. That, uh, that finds Cayodo. He saw maybe loses sight of him, but a nice finish goes off the crossbar, and this time the crossbar does not help us. It finds the back of the net. And then, you know, a penalty call. And uh, just a few minutes later, uh, we are very fortunate. A questionable penalty call in my book. Uh, I'll, I'll hope to hear from you, Caleb, on, on that. But ultimately, it matters not. Ball don't lie. 
uh, off the post in this uh, attempt. But uh, two minutes later, Bonaventura breaks uh, the deadlock and sees Fiorentina go up 2-1 for what had been a pretty stellar match from Provedel, a poor, poor clearance attempt by him. We really see the only glimmer of an opportunity from Lazio in the 95th minute when a ball drops to Vecino in the box and he skies it over the crossbar. Taking a look at the statistics, not only was this a match in which the eye test truly felt like Lazio was being dominated, the stats were there to back that up. Fiorentina had 54% uh, possession. Honestly, it felt like 80%. Expected goals, 2.85 to Lazio's 0.41. 22 shot attempts to Lazio's five. Seven of those on target to Lazio's one. Fiorentina with seven big chances missed. Lazio only had one, uh, or I'm sorry, big chances, seven. Five of those missed. Lazio with only one big chance in which they converted. So this was a one-sided affair, but uh, I say all that to ask you, Caleb, give me your three words to describe this one. Um, I'm going to go stagnant. Just one word here, stagnant. And the, it, it covers a lot of different bases, that word. Stagnant in terms of the energy, the intensity we came out with. Stagnant in terms of our tactical flexibility or adjustments and stagnant as season as a whole, meaning we don't really rise up or down. It's just a lot of us kind of hanging around the same area and never really ever to make, never really making that breakthrough that we've been trying to look for all season long. We thought we had some instances, we had good runs. We're like, oh my goodness, this is the breakthrough that we're needing. Uh, this is the one, um, but it just never comes through. And it's been, uh, it's been rough, uh, but th that's my word. Yeah, my three words are out-hustled, out-muscled, and outclassed. really in every phase of this one, whether it was individual performances, whether it was just our, our mentality, whether it was just a focus, whether it was tactically. I think in, in, in every way you slice it and dice it, Lazio fell short, and you would have thought we were playing prime Barcelona. I mean, uh, truly, um, you know, the, the, the just flurry of attempts that Fiorentina was putting on, on Lazio and, and no ability to do anything about it and, and really no desire to even do anything. I think that's, that's the part that was really upsetting. It just felt like we were playing at a different speed and, and there was no ability to change that whatsoever. Um, you know, we, we always talk about kind of where did it all go wrong and, and what were some of those keys. I, I want to point out for, for me, it was really the inability get the inability to change what was happening and, and really focusing on the possession. And there was obviously Fiorentina came out like a wrecking ball and was peppering Lazio chance after chance and winning corner after corner after corner. And I mean, they had 13 corners to Lazio's too. And in those moments that we potentially had an opportunity to just, okay, let's settle things down. We just didn't have the mind to do it. I, I go back to thinking about two examples, 26 minutes, uh, Fiorentina, again, hot and heavy on the ball, pressuring. And, and we have a, a, we win back the ball. 
and we have a just a, a smidge of possession where we can calm things down a little bit. And then Marusic just is as sloppy as can be, unforced passes it directly to Fiorentina and they just go back on the assault. And, you know, that to me was just really, really disappointing because again, we just needed a moment to breathe. 57th minute, Chido, again, who just by himself on an island for much of this match, 57th minute, finds a bit of space, finds a gap as he's making a darting run to the left. Easy pass for Luis Alberto to make. Luis sees him making the run, but just hits it out of bounds. And again, simple moments that can potentially calm us down, keep possession, and we're just unable to do so. Where do you think this one went wrong for us? I think I think you're right. I, I actually think, though, the reason that, that we didn't or weren't able to get into the game, get into rhythm, or, and really stop Fiorentina was – so Fiorentina, what they were doing was we play a triangle midfield. We go six in the middle, right, and then two eights. That's not how we go about it. But what they did was Astu – and Buenaventura were both options. So Immobile would go mark one center back. One of our midfielders had to mark the other center back because otherwise Immobile is chasing ghosts. Uh, and so that allowed one of the pivot to always be open. So one of Buenaventura and Artu was always available for an option. And I saw that in the first half and I was like, okay, Saudi's going to make an adjustment here to give some help in the midfield. Maybe sh- shift our formation a bit, maybe shift some, some, some of the zonal marking areas, but Point is, I didn't see any sort of adaptation at all. And you can have all the effort and fight. And, of course, I was lacking in this game. But I also don't think that Saudi set up the team to succeed. And it's okay if you adjust later on, okay? We held out that first half miraculously. It's just now in that second half, I was expecting some some pretty significant tactical adjustments. And it looked like just it – looked, it was really more of the same. And Fiorentina never had to adapt. They never, they never had to be like, oh, snap. Now we got to adjust. How can we get back into the game? Never once. Be- and I don't know if it's, it's a like, poor execution of the players. I don't know if it was Sadi just being stubborn. I don't really know what it was. Um, but regardless. Yeah, it very much. Well, it was yeah. the same game. The it was entire the same 90 game. minutes. So, you know, we talk about lack of consistency. Where, well, there was a bit of consistency there. So, I guess <laughs> progress. Uh, made, but you're right. It, it there was no adjustments again going into the 95th minute. We had five minutes of stoppage time, and no, okay, I said a combination. It was everything. It was everything lacking, but no, no ability to just put us in a position to to even hope and pray uh, for something. I, how much do you think? the lineup or the availability or in a, a, a or you know no availability of players we t- we look at how many players were missing you know how much of that are you factoring into this performance or do you look at the squad and say it's still good enough uh to come out with something against Fiorentina uh for me i played it i think it played zero factor i i, I think it was not at all a factor in this game um, it's one thing, like, it's one thing if a certain, if the group of players is, is struggling and you're just like, they're just not up to this level, right? It's one thing to look at the team and be like, they're just not up to this level. But every one of these players has had a history of playing at a level like this. Even the players that we just got, even the new arrivals have been playing in a top five league somewhere. And despite not having a center back, despite having a, you know, as a coming a little later, um, 
there's still a lot of quality in the side and 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 this is where i this is where the conversation with society comes up for me where it was like okay we have a roster we have a team and these are players that have shown on their previous teams what they're capable of and even previous seasons with Lazio. we've gone almost what two-thirds of the season now and our guys cannot still connect passes our guys are still so completely in sync uh sorry not yeah not out of sync um and I just, I really question, I, I just don't know what it is. I just don't know if it's a chemistry issue. I don't know if it's a Saudi issue. I don't know if like, I just don't know because we're talking really basic stuff here. It's one thing. I like, mean, they're basic passes though that, that they're missing. That's what I'm saying. But some of it is like, because I don't, I don't disagree with you. There are, there are issues tactically, but you know, some of those passes that, that I pointed out, I mean, that's just a technical that's, again, that's a Luis Alberto actually seeing the pass, recognizing it, going to make it, and just hitting it completely out of bounds. You know, Pedro comes into the match and just is like, can't connect an, a basic pass. And mm-hmm. I look at some of the players and, yeah, sure, some of them have, you know, they, they, they were, they used to be top five league players. But when you run through it and you say he's I mean, come on. You know, no, we no. talked about Matusic. He's done. Pedro, I love him, you know, a world-class player, but he's, he's done. He's just, so there are players that physically just don't cut it. And, and, you know, Casale, that's a question that, that one, maybe we can, we can talk about, um, you know, how, how Saudi maybe isn't handling that. And, And maybe that has to do with coaching because he's a young player in his prime, but all the other players just physically are past any sort of prime that we're talking about here. But I don't disagree with you. There wasn't any tactical adjustment, and Sadi is to blame for that. But then on the player side, yeah. some of them are just not making the plays, even when they recognize the right pass. I mean, they just it's it's all going wrong right my now, thing, which is the my problem. My thing is though, like my thing is I just don't understand why it's been like we're talking simple passes here. We're talking, really, we're not talking like half volleys from outside right. the box that I put away. We're talking really simple stuff, but it, we've seen that from the beginning of the season, it's felt like we just can't do a lot of the simple, basic things, right? Like that. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is. So Adrian Trito brings up a great point. And, and this is where we can look at Saudi directly, because I, I think I look at some of the players have to be to blame. They, very obviously are past any sort of uh, prime and just are not cutting it. We've talked yeah. about Luis Alberto time and time again, uh, but we, we see the likes of Kamada, who we know didn't perform incredibly well in some of his appearance, but has also looked good in moments, and he's just yeah. not getting the opportunity. That's a Saudi decision. We've talked about Pellegrini time and time again. You know, and, and here we are saying Hisai and Marusic just can't cut it. A Saudi decision to not play Pellegrini in a match that is begging for some something to spark. And if we can't connect any sort of passing to, to make our way and move our way into the final third, at least get a player that can whip a ball in for maybe a Tati to get a head on it. Or now you've got a Vecino who's very good with his head, a big body. Why isn't Pellegrini in the match? Those are things that I can look at from a manager standpoint and say, okay, this, this, he's got, he's got to do something about that because 
um, yeah, I don't think some of the players are good enough any longer. But let's jump to the players here specifically in a match like this where there's not a ton of positive. Who who did you have as your man of the match? Because outside of that damn post, I, I don't know that, uh, <laughs> that anybody stood out to me. And, and for me, I wanted to... I wanted to crown Probadel as our man of the match, and, and maybe he still is. I don't know. But, man, that uh, that second goal that uh, saw us obviously drop all three points was was on Probadel in my book. So um, hard to give it to him. Who who do you have? I mean, I'm just going to go Guendouzi. Uh, Guendouzi got the assist. He has – he's been the most consistent performer – I think this he's my he's my player of the year so far. Um but Gwen Doozy I think has been a victim of those around him just not on the same level. Like there are some times where he makes passes and makes reads where just other players just don't really get it or just aren't clicking that quick enough. And and it can make him look bad when he misses a pass. But you know, whether that's because the chemistry thing is still going, but um, he got the assist, always puts in a, always puts in a shift. Um, a lot of the threat that we create comes through Quenduzi. He actually tries to change up the game. He tries to spice it up. Um, he's, I think he's great at link of play. He's great defensively. He's really good against the press. Rarely does he make mistakes. And once again, he did the same this game. Uh, it's just unfortunate for him that everyone else around him decided to just be trash today. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good shout, um, Ganduzi, particularly when when things maybe aren't going well. The one thing he is always going to give is an effort on both sides of the ball. So I, I think he is probably the the only one deserving. Again, for much of the match, Provadel was hanging on for dear life, but uh, but given that very, he's just. He's got to do better on that one. So, Ganduzi for sure. Um, what about your Bidone? Oh, my goodness. There's a lot to go around here. Um, a I, lot. Bidones. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's start talking. Maybe we'll, this will help us come to to a name. I'd, I'd love to hear from our listeners on who they had as their Bidone or worst player of the match. I mean, you know, you, you start to think of Casale uh, – you know, just could have done better. I think for me, Lazzetti, another really disappointing match, a match in which he seems to be at a point in the season where he's just running with no intention. I mean, one of the most frustrating things about Lazzetti for so many years was just his inability to deliver a, a good ball, you know, in the final third. And that's just, we, we need... It's it's hard to think he'll ever get that now. I mean, he's 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 a player with a ton of pace and can put a defense on their heels. But if he's not able to make the right pass at the end of it or deliver a good ball, it's it's all for nothing. Um, you know, Hisai and Madusic were pretty poor. Isaksen wasn't good today either. Um, no, did any of those stand either. out? Who? Felipe wasn't good. Yeah, Felipe wasn't good. Um, but now at least there were a couple, and again, we're talking about splitting hairs. There was a couple moments where I at least saw Felipe win a ball back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like there was so few positives from from many of these others. But um, 
but yeah, who did you have that kind of stood stood on that uh, heaping pile of dog crap that uh, that was all of our bidones? I'm actually going to go with someone that we didn't mention. I'm going to go Hisai, and this is why. I, I believe he was at fault for the for the first goal. Um, he, if you, if you see the play again, I, very clearly the the guy who scored uh, Kayude was a hundred percent Hisai's man. Yep. And he, Hisai, there was no other no other player, no po- other opposing player in the vicinity of him. That was the only player over on Hisai's side. It's a very simple check your shoulder. You see this one guy there. That's all you have to do. Stay on him. Instead, he just he was ball watching. He just watched the cross happen. Didn't even check his shoulder once on the entire play, which is just defending one on one. And this is a guy who's thirty years old. Um, and on top of that, he just brings absolutely nothing to possession. Brings absolutely nothing to the attack. Uh, so you know, what, what, what's he doing? There? I mean, what's he doing out there? Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's one where we can look at as the player has to be better, and he's not, and that's what's available. And but there's a player that's that is available that, right? If if we think we're bringing in a Hisai because of his experience, well, he's not showing the experience in those moments where he just simply allowed his man the space to to finish that off. So a um, lot lot of poor performers out there and. Just, fatigue is real there wasn't um you know, some of our our key players are out and uh, rovella is a game changer but uh man this this side is just not fighting for each other and that's when you, you maybe need a manager to come in and, and light up some emotions and somebody's got to be able to just push them to be a little better because you know, when we take a look at the Serie A table right now, we are in eighth with 40 points. Uh, we played 26 matches. So you look at Bologna, who currently sits in fourth. We are eight points behind them. We are six points behind Atalanta, who also has a game in hand. We are now four points behind Roma. Fiorentina leaps us. So we are out of European spots. Um, you know, the, the race for top four is over. It's now uh, uh, any hopes that we even stick in Europe. Um, Caleb, do you, do you want to qualify for European spots if it's not Champions League? That's always a, a debate amongst Laziali. Or do you want to go the Juve route and maybe knowing what our roster looks like, just focus on, on Serie A next season? Well... I think I think it's a it's a tough predicament because we're in a situation where I do think we got to get rid of a lot of dead weight, and that means on the other end we have to attract a lot of players. That's the like, scary part. Like so, for me, it's like okay, we're coming up on a on a summer where we could very well see people like Pedro, uh, Marusic, uh, Felipe, Alberto, just his side. I mean, it, it could be four. It could be five people for all we know. I'm not sure what Lotito's thinking right now about that. But we very well could see a big exodus this summer. And with a big exodus, that brings now uh, a migration, right, uh, of new players that we need to be able to draw and attract to this project. Why would you come to Lazio uh, you know, over the other Italian teams that, you know, the leagues become more attractive? Um 
And so that for me is the biggest sort of hindrance at this point is if you don't get your appearance uh, ball next season, then is that going to hinder our ability to sign some quality players? Um, on the other hand is, hey, maybe maybe we can sign some real gems who don't require that, that haven't really been discovered well enough or aren't that popular enough to like, need to have that. And we could do really well and then try again the, the following uh, uh, transfer season. But it's tough because we're going to see a lot of players go, I think, and we have to draw a lot. And we've already seen a lot of our summer, uh, excuse me, our winter signings that we were in for decline options, whether it was because they wanted to go somewhere else uh, under the league, another team, or whether it was just a climb because it was enough money. So it's tough. Yeah. You know, there seems there, there needs to be an exodus, but our fear is that you know, we tend to work very slow in the transfer market historically. And so if you're going to lose a ton of players, you've got to, you've got to be moving quick. And, you know, we always want these players in to training camp uh, in Aronzo early, but uh, that's, that's always a pipe dream. Um, but we've got some big fixtures coming up, and this season isn't over quite yet. But uh, I'll, I'll say this. If we play like we did today and we continue to do so, you know, we, we talked about when a manager needs to go, and it, it, it is performances like this. Sometimes the results don't always tell the story, and uh, results can be you know, pretty cruel. But uh, today – throw out the results. It didn't matter. It was the, the way that they played. Um, now we can, again, yes, exhaustion and fatigue and the players that are available are very much uh, a real, but if we see this trend and in, in a couple more matches of this, we can't move forward. And, and I think that makes it a, a very, very easy decision going into the off season when it comes to the Saudi in or Saudi out debate, but yeah. just taking a quick glance at our upcoming schedule, it doesn't get any easier. We've got Milan this Friday, so just five days away. A big, big one. And then uh, a couple days later, Tuesday, March 5th, second leg of Bayern versus Lazio, this one in Munich. And uh, really, all, all of our eggs are in that basket. We've a chance to do something special and unexpected this season. Um, you know, we're still in Coppa Italia, but this certainly is something to walk away from and, and feel good about. So, you know, maybe they can salvage something. Uh, we will be here to, of course, cover and react live with you. It's um, not a fun point of the season, but uh, we can certainly play the role of spoiler Please follow us across all of our social media platforms as we hope to grow Lazio World with the help of all of our great, great followers and listeners. We are on audio platforms as well. So your Spotify's and your Apple podcasts, give us a subscription, hit subscribe, give us those five-star ratings. They go a long way in helping the podcasts grow. But as always, above anything, sempre, Forza Lazio.